0: I want to read, uh, read a scripture, but before um, I, I do, I want to tell you that I think to me the, the story of Christmas helps us maybe in, in no other way understand what God is like. And I get sometimes it's, it's sad, it's frustrating, um, maybe in some ways it's heartbreaking Um, And I joke with you guys about this a lot, uh, but because of what I do, when people um, meet me, they have whatever their opinion of me is. And then when they find out I'm a pastor, they have a very different way of interacting with me almost immediately. And um, I guess that's human nature or whatever. But the, the thing that I've discovered is a lot of it's tied into what they think God is like. And whatever you think God is like, be fascinating to go through the room and this is what you think God is like and this is what you think and this is what... But whatever you think God is like has a huge effect on not only how you, quote, relate to God, but how you relate uh, to everything in life. And so if I can, I want to focus our thoughts this morning on how Christmas can help us think about god and i want to start this is a actually from john's gospel and this is where jesus is talking to the disciples and um in john 14 uh philip says you know lord show us the father and that will be enough for us isn't it great he's like show us the father and that'll be enough and you got to think here's jesus right You got you getting it, in other words, they're saying this isn't enough. you're not giving us the whole story I know there's more, maybe in a modern context, like show us the angry God, show us the one that we thought about or heard about somewhere else and Jesus says says don't Philip, don't you know me so you' got to realize here's a Philip, here's a person that has spent you know lots." Have you ever, have you ever known someone like casually, maybe even at church or, you know, work or whatever. And then you went outside of that environment. You did a retreat or you did a guy's camping weekend, or you went hunting with them. And all of a sudden you knew them in a whole different way. It can only get so deep an hour on Sunday or passing a hallway at work, but you spend time and he says to Philip, Philip, don't you, Philip, don't you know me? I've been with you for such a long time. How much time have we spent together? I think they'll put the verse up there in verse nine. He's like, we've spent so much time together. And then he says this, anyone who has seen me, anyone who has seen me has what? They've seen the father. You've seen enough. This is it. This is the whole package. This is it. Let's be honest. I think today we even struggle with that. I think most of the Christians that I know today go, yeah, but there's the, there's the, the Gandalf one that we, with the lightning bolts and, the, the, and that, and, and, and they've sort of dichotomized God as if that's not really, the, he's like, no, it, th- I'm here, it's me. What Christmas does is gives us God in a body, gives us God in human form. Is it God would say, if, if I were to be uh, a human, this is what kind of human I would be. And he does it. And we're always reaching those, but there's something else. But, but there's always something else. And my frustration, maybe even the reason that Orchard Grove began in the first place is, I'm just trying to say, no, that's it. He is that good. He is that loving. He is that wonderful. Um. And Jesus shows us humanity, fully human. We don't really get this one either. We, what I think, my, my nickel, we have sanitized humanity in Jesus, right? So we only see Jesus as, you know, walking on water, never swimming, right? I mean, there's one time he walked on water, right? The rest of the time he swam. And this is important. Um, you remember when Jesus is with the disciples and they're on the boat and there's a storm. You see, I always wonder what are the off-camera moments. If he's fully human, what are the off-camera moments? Huh? Do you guys know what goes on behind that curtain back there? All these musicians go. They're hitting each. Other. No, they're not. It's all good. <laughs> there's one thing: is on stage. There's in the book. There's on the camera, and then there's the off-camera. He was human. Well, I mean, what if one of the disciples was pouring out their heart or telling a great joke and Jesus just falls asleep on him? But what we have is a sanit- This is important. We have a sanitized view of Jesus. We have a sanitized meaning he, he, he never did anything that was other than like walking above the water and just, and, and, and like there's this aura. And by the way, have you ever seen a movie about Jesus? These are tough to do. I don't know how anyone... I mean, honestly, they're really tough to do because it's always like... You know, There's a little a little buzz around him. You know what I mean? And how do you portray? And so we always... What we do is we always take away from his humanity. Humanity. Humans. I mean, we're something else. Let me, let me give you one more angle and then I'm going to proceed. Did Jesus get straight A's? Oh, boy. I, well, yeah. I mean, because he, he would just, you know, he'd just pray and, you know, and get the dumb. May I? I, I, don't, I don't know. But I don't, I don't think so. I know some of you are just going to leave the church right now. All right? But I, I don't think so. I don't think that makes him human. I think he had to learn. It says he grew, if if you want a scripture, if that helps you, he grew in wisdom and knowledge. Therefore, he had to have what? Added to what he didn't know. So at some point, you didn't know something, and then you had to learn it. But you see, this is all what makes God so beautiful to us in Christ, is that he was human. He had to learn how to walk. He was a baby. He had to learn how to talk. So if you can't handle that Jesus didn't get all A's, did he speak fluent Hebrew the minute he came out of his mother's womb? i got to say no. i got to say he babbled and stumbled and didn't say his words correctly, said the wrong things. I know, I didn't want to think that much, did you? But, but if he wasn't fully human, as Tim talked about earlier, there's not that much hope. But if he was fully human... This says so much that we can identify with a God who became one of us. Luke's gospel says, uh, Luke 2, angel appears. uh, This is to the shepherds, and um, says, do not be afraid. Why? Well, probably because if you see something like that, that's Maybe the first reaction, so he 's saying don 't be afraid i 'm um, bringing you good news that will cause great joy for all the people let 's say it together all the people one, two, three, all the people now is this for some of the people or is this for the the, the Jewish people, or is this this is for all the people? And so the first thing that we learn that Christmas tells us about God is this. God is inclusive of all. He loves all. He's inclusive. And we've heard so many messages about God being exclusive and who's out. And let me just show you in the Christmas story what I mean. First of all, God came, the angels came to the shepherds. Here's something you need to know about shepherds. Just very simply. Because of their job what they did for a living, taking care of the sheep, they were constantly ceremonially what they would have called unclean, all right? So at Orchard Grove, we have a come-as-you-are church. So people come here in all kinds of ways. They wear all kinds of things. I mean, we really have one rule. When it comes to what you wear, just wear something, please, right? (laughs) And I mean, people wear, it's a come as you are. And people have definitely embellished that. They come as they are. And, I mean, to me, it's on you. If you want to look like that, look however you want to look, you know. You come as you are. It doesn't matter. But it, in, in Jewish culture, in those days, there, it was no such thing as come as you are. It was, if you're going to come, you need to be pure, and you can't have had touched this, and you can't have touched that, and you can't have been around this. And, and so to be, uh, included in the worship, you had to be pure ceremonial. You had to have all the boxes checked. As I like to joke, we don't have sin detectors at the door. You know what I mean? We don't know, right? No, well, there's, there's no screening before you come in. But in their culture, there is absolute screening. Now, the shepherds, though they may have been Jewish in their culture and in their uh, heritage, they were not good in the sense that because of their job, do you see where I'm going with this? They couldn't do it. Have you ever met somebody that because of their job, they can't come to church? They, they work on Sunday morning? I mean, this is a, a very crude example, Right. But because of their job, they're just, they just, but this was no, not, not the the timing didn't work out. This is, you are excluded and you're excluded because you can't keep, you can't keep the commandments or the law. The fact, think about this, that the angel came to the shepherds, to us, let's be honest, to us growing up, that was romantic. It added to the romance of Christmas. Oh, the shepherds. Everybody loves a good lamb. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'd like to be a shepherd. But we don't get it. Shepherds weren't trusted in a trial. Their voice was not heard. So these were outcast people. And what does God do? He sent this. The message was like bling, bling, bling. The message was, I'm going to go tell those guys. The ones that you wouldn't let in, I'm going to go tell them. Don't you see God sticking his tongue out at us, writing the Bible? Don't you see him saying, look, it gets better. In Matthew's gospel, it's the Magi. Who are the Magi? They're not among God's chosen people, right? They're probably Persians. And uh, they see this star and they, they... they come to Jerusalem to find what they discern was this king and born king of the Jews to pay their homage and so the announcements of the Savior come to who? The outsiders, the ones they would not have included. Don't you think God is trying to send one massive message with the Christmas story? And that is, I'm for the outsider. I'm for the... Now, reality, all of us, all of us struggle with outsiders. Whatever that is, whatever that is, we just do it, I don't know why. It's a part of our humanity. I, I, I think, actually, it, it, it makes us afraid, even if we can't put words to it. When we see someone that's different than us and we have suspicions about them. Um, depending on where you grew up, I mean, if you grew up, in, and years ago, people always grew up in, like, if you were white and Irish Catholic, you grew up in a white Irish Catholic neighborhood. Right, and then if you were from certain, you know, whatever you you grew up in that neighborhood, and you had fear and suspicion of others, Um, some social scientists tell us that that fear actually helped us survive, you know, years ago, because you you had this this mechanism. But the Christmas story is about trying to remove fear. Don't fear. Angels, don't fear. Fear does a really bad thing to us. And probably all of us have had this sensation at one time or another in our life where there's somebody that's different and we don't know them. We're not familiar And so we are afraid. But what God does is he shows us that we're all connected. He he is good news for all people. That God loves and welcomes and includes all of us. So let me just try, if I can, to be practical. Instead of saying, you know, you should be better. We, We all should be better. We all should be more inclusive. We see people that act differently and think differently and it's hard. A couple of things can help if you want to. Um, find some way to travel. Find some way... I mean, yeah, you, you, you can go home and say, Chris told us, put it on the Visa card. We're, we're going to Europe. Right. Um, but but find some way to put yourself in a position where you're at a disadvantage culturally. And some of you have had the blessing of this because of your work. It's just put you there. And all of a sudden, you're, you're in a situation. You go, these people are amazing. I, I've, I've led a little bit of this story before. But when I went to Turkey... Which is so interesting because it's much of where the New Testament and the letters of Paul uh, interface with the, the nation of Turkey, which is a Muslim country. And I was, literally I was told, you need, you're going to need a bodyguard, you're going to need a driver, you're going to need all this stuff. It's, and what are they pumping in you? Fear, fear, fear. You know, me, I, I, that, that's all I needed to say. Then I'm absolutely not going to have that, right? And I'm going to go on my own. And I would walk around and I remember the guy that was with me that was doing the camera, he was so afraid, he was always afraid mean we went to these guys and went to a military base. These guys had guns and everything. And they're like, yeah, get out of here and get their guns, you know. And he's like, let's get out of here. I'm like, it's fine. I walk in there. I said, can I talk to the commander? This is a true story. This is about where Paul sets sail in Acts chapter 13. And I was looking for where is it that, that he actually, I wanted to find the harbor, you know, like because I was making a video. And uh, so I go in there. I talk to the commander, you know. And the camera's like, they told us, the guys with the guns told us to leave. And I'm like, we're fine. So we go in there, right? And I talked to the commander. It's a true story. I got pictures. Next thing you know, right, he's ordering sandwiches, right? We get to sit down. We're eating sandwiches. We're getting tea with the commander. Why? Because I refused to buy into the idea of fear that I don't speak your language and you don't look like me and I don't look like you and they don't see people like me there, You and I hit this barrier all the time in life, all the time. And we just have a decision to make. And let me just say something. It's a blessing. I grew, I I tell you guys, I grew up in Flint. But if you haven't been in the minority, you don't have the same sense of appreciation. I mean, so go put yourself in the minority somewhere, Right? My dad came to visit. We had a basketball game. My dad came to visit. And the, the coach went to my dad. He, goes, You must be Chris's dad. And this wasn't rocket science because I'm the only white kid. He's the only white man in the building, right? <laughs> uh, uh, y- yes, I am. Being on that side, I think, is really what Christmas is all about. And the bigger story... It, it was God crossing the tracks, crossing from his realm to ours, being the powerless, being the underdog, being the outsider. This is the year. You know, every year people talk about peace. They pray for peace. They want peace. And, and it's something that we say, but look, can I push a little bit? Peace is a responsibility for us to include people who aren't like us. They just aren't like us. (laughs) After we left that commander, um, I still hadn't found the harbor that I was trying to find. Um... So I, I just started walking and looking and I found a, a rock wall that I thought looked like this could be like an outline of what used to be a harbor maybe got silted in. So I'm walking in these people's yards. I mean, and again, you know, the guy with me is like, we should not be doing this. Right. And I'm like, it's fine. So I'm walking in there and some guy starts saying something to us very loudly gesturing, you know, and I don't know what he's saying because I don't speak the language, which, you know, I'm so true story. I, we go over, I do a lot of gesturing I'm a great gesturer. Yeah. Paul, you know. Anyway, we didn't, he didn't get it. I didn't get it. But you know what we did? We spent an hour and a half at his house eating more sandwiches and drinking more tea. I, I left my digital camera there. I should have left him my address. What's to be afraid of? Fear is what people tell us. And are there bad? I mean, there's bad people. There's bad people, you know, there's, there, uh, yeah, of every color and, and, and political spectrum and race and, and religion. And, but people are good. I, this is, I fundamentally believe people are good. Most of the people I know are amazing. I mean, quirky and different and interesting, but Amazing. Most of the people I know are amazing. Let's start there. Let's turn the script around. Let's le- not listen to whatever everyone else is saying and say, most of the people I know are good. Most of the people I know are amazing. I know some really smelly shepherds who got a visit from an angel. I know some spooky astrologers from Persia who got the memo before anyone else did. It was God giving a clear message about including, this is for all people. There's only two things I'm saying today, so this is the second one. God is not only inclusive, but God's... What I'm going to use this word, intimate. God is intimate. You might say approachable. But I like the word intimate, and I was talking about it last night. Maybe I'll do a little more tonight, but there's... It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And there's four words that you can use for with, but this with is with in a turning and looking and gazing at each other with. You ever been with somebody, but you weren't with them? That's not the with. God with us, it's, it's, it's intimate. But think about this. They're afraid. The angels... Right now, this is the trouble with reading the Christmas story. Here is the trouble. Here is the trouble. We can't read it anymore because we already know this. We already know the ending, right? So just stop. You haven't read it. Here is some shepherds. Here is an angel. Here is fear. Here is wondering what's going on. And they say the Savior has been born. And what it, what it would be in their mind? In their mind, would a, a king, a palace? A, And I go, how how do we find him? Where will we find him? And I said, this will be a sign. Luke 2.12. This will be a sign. You will find a, what? Baby in a manger. In a onesie. A savior in a onesie? (laughs) The other day I was at a ski shop. They have onesies for adults now. I just fell over laughing. And the lady behind the counter was like, they're coming back. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not coming back. We don't expect a onesie and cloths. It's way too soft. I think when Philip was saying to Jesus, you know, show us the Father. This is too soft. People all the time, oh, Chris is too soft. He's too soft. You got to go to church where they give you the hammer. <laughs> Jesus is like, no, you've seen. This is it. Think in your mind. Think in your mind. Everybody has a family, right? You have the, you have the approachable grandpa and the unapproachable grandpa, right? Or you have the loving dad. You have the, uh ah, don't go near that uncle. I mean, you, you clearly know. I mean, oh, yeah, you can tell them anything. You, they, which God is it? And I will, to my dying day, stand over here and say, It's the come sit on my lap God. It is the you can tell me anything. I get it. I've been there. I lived there. I walked there. The intimate God. A baby. Who's scared of a baby? You can be having the worst day in your world, and you see a little onesie, and you're like, "Oh, come here!" Imagine all God could do for a while was just giggle. Some of you are having a hard time with this message. I know. You're like, "No," but He was like throwing curses as a baby. I know He was. It's just <laughs> letting people know, no, "I was just a baby. Just a baby." Vulnerable. Cuddly. Think of all the people that cuddled that little baby. Think about it. Just think about it. Later on in life, say, oh man. I, I cuddled that little guy. You ever go to like, you get older, you go to like a reunion or a family thing and somebody's like, I ain't cuddled you. And you're all embarrassed. Anybody? You know, Jesus would be old, older. Remember me? He had to go through that stuff. See, some of you are like, no, he did. No one ever embarrassed him. It was all, you know, walking on water. Either he was human or he wasn't. This is hard to chew on, but if he was human, listen, listen. All of a sudden, we can be close to him. Really close. Dare I say Intimate. Probably we're blessed in our life with a few people that you can fully, fully just expose your heart to with no fear. You know what I mean? And that's a blessing. You, you know, There's probably going to be, you can probably count them on one hand in your lifetime. I mean, fully expose yourself to. Not like, hey, there's a lot of me, but just I, I just fully trust you. Here's all of me. I think that's what Christmas is about. Huh. I loved the movie The Shack. If you saw it, I loved it. Some people didn't like it, but I don't care. I loved it. I loved it. You know I loved it so much? Because God coming as an African-American woman making muffins is me all day long. <laughs> all day. Gandalf, I, I, don't, I don't get Gandalf. I, I don't want to... Hey, come on. You feel like you always have to have a business plan when you're in front of Gandalf. How you're going to conquer something. I felt like with her, she just wanted to know how I was doing. I loved that. If you saw the movie, I loved how at the end... God the Father became a man because he told him, you're going to need a dad for this one. Some of you are like, God's not that creative. God's stiff and he's only male. When he's white, and you know it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Didn't we we all get the Oz God growing up though? The great and powerful? Pulling the levers and didn't we? I mean, that's the the God we got growing up, you know. You're coming in with Toto. <laughs> You're going to stand in line. You're literally standing in the judgment line, you know. That's what we got. That's what we got growing up. I think Christmas just pulled back the curtain. But it wasn't that God's actually doing that. It's just like, that's not even God at all. I think what God is like is like Jesus. Which is why he said to Philip... You don't have to look any further. If you've seen me, you know what God is like. And what was Jesus like? Like kids coming up to him? He was hanging out with the wrong crowd? He seemed to like those people, actually liked them? Ephesians 3.12, it says... We can approach God with confidence, without fear. May I say, if there's fear that comes to your mind when you think of God, I think you need a refresh. But if openness, love, and transparency, those kind of things come through. The other day I was at the mall ran into somebody from church and they started telling me something and they're surprised to see me there. Like, God doesn't shop for me. You know, I'm just like all of you. <laughs> I mean, I stand in line and everything, you know? And, uh, and, and then they started saying something and then, and then they said a word that I guess somewhere in some course of time, somebody said, you can't say that or God's mad. And so they went, and they changed the word to something else. Now, they would never have done that with any other person in the world except what? Now, I've never said, please don't say that word around me. I've ne- it's just what people do. Now, this is so important. Immediately, this is so important, there's a separation between us. Do you understand what I mean by that? It was immediately like, you're not going to be fully yourself around me. Now, first thing I got to say is, please, you don't have to do that around me. If there's anything I'm trying to tell you, I am just exactly like you. Exactly, I get mad, I get angry, I get, sh- I, I, I get irritated. I, I'm I just, I am exactly like you. This whole idea that pastors are pre or whoever, that there, it's just not true, and never has been true. So you got to put that out of your head. But if there's a perception, right? then I, now I'm not going to be myself. And this this is so important. This is why people don't have closeness with God because they don't feel they can be themselves around God. That he's worried about all these little things that they're saying or doing, and they miss the point entirely. Next time someone does that, I'm just going to go on a, a tirade of obscenities. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, it's like a sailor. Just to let... No, I won't. I won't. But this is so important. This is so important because it's perceptive. How you perceive... This is... How you perceive God will determine a couple of things. How close and open your relationship can be with God and how it can be with others. And... How, what you think God is like is what you will start to project and start to emulate. Philip spent all that time on Jesus and he's like, yeah, but can you show us behind the curtain? He's like, this is it. Christmas is God opening the curtain and saying, here I am. You read Jesus again and you tell me what you think God is like.